Hey everybody, how's it going? Um, welcome to our podcast, Flip It and Reverse It. My name is Jasmine and I am joined here today with... Lemongrass Penny Whistle. And this is the show where we force our interests upon one another. Now, this week it is my turn on the roulette of interest rouletting wheel that is you throw knives at it and then they land on things and we pick them. That's how we do our pick our topics here. Um, so I decided to stick with the theme of musicals and introduce Lemongrass to a little 1949 music, movie musical called On the Town. So we will be talking about On the Town and uh, you better stick around because we're going to be talking about it. Alrighty, so I want to just thank you all for joining us today, um, all of you musical fanatics and or people who know us and or people who tune in for not musicals but are listening to this anyway because you love us and all the jokes we make and how fun and wonderful our banter is and that we're great. Um, today, of course, I have Mr. Lemongrass Penny Whistle, a friend of the show, longtime yes. listener and attender of the show. How you feeling, Lemongrass? Lemony. Fresh. Yeah, you feeling a bit... Like Mr. Clean? Uh, no. Or is that your direct competitor? You're more along with the pledge guys, you know? No, I think of myself <laughs> more as the, you know, I'm trying to, like, tap into the, uh, what is the guy's name? Oh, I'm blanking. Oh, it is the Tasmanian Devil from Space Jam. How the hell does that have any correlation? Because he, like, cleaned up the entire gym after it was dirty, and then they all looked at him, he was like, lemony fresh. Deep cuts. Okay, wow. You have been... It's on Netflix. That's the answer here. Who hasn't seen Space Jam? Yeah, but do I remember the Tasmanian Devil's quotable moments from Space Jam? There's no. never going to be a competition or any kind of like challenge or any kind of medal given out to people who can pull out random pieces of knowledge. But if there ever was, I'd probably at least play six. Isn't that just called trivia? No. I think so. No, it's not. Anyways, agree to disagree. That is not the topic I hand, although I would love to do a review of Space Jam, and maybe we will. Who knows? Screw it. Uh, we do whatever we want here. And you know what? Sometimes people are like, it doesn't really feel like you're forcing your interests upon each other. It sounds like you both kind of like that. Who said that? I don't know. I imagine that's what people would say sometimes. No. And you know what? To them, I say, guess what? Once you introduce something to somebody, sometimes they enjoy it. And boo to you. We don't like to make each other be in pain and hate each other. We just want to share things, right? Why are you asking me? Okay. But maybe maybe you did hate it. I don't know. Um, we watched On the Town this week. Now, this is a 1949 movie musical rendition of the Comden and Green show On the Town. A charming little show about three man whores trying to get laid in New York. Um, is that how you would best, how what would your, your best one sentence summary of this show, Lemongrass? Um, stereotypical men get off of, uh, leave from the military and they try to find one night stands in New York from desperate women. Yeah. So little man whores find little lady whores. It's a great 
touching, heartfelt story, full of depth of emotion and range, and you know what, honestly, some good singing and dancing, and that's what I'm here for. So this is a musical that's fairly popular. It um, has, of course, Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra in it, and you can't go wrong there because you got the dancing and you got the singing, and it's just a, you know, a nice combo package. Lovely boys. So this was your first time watching it, and not your first time watching a golden era musical is what we call these, though. You have seen Gene Kelly before, Singing in the Rain. Now, as since you, you're not really that new to musicals, how does this stack up? Of the musicals you've seen, do you like this one compared to the others, or is it kind of near the bottom for you? Just general feelings about it. Everyone, I want you to know that I'm totally spooked out right now because Are you spooked? as the real Jasmine Sherman was asking me these questions just now. Oh, it you was, were distracted. I was not distracted. Uh-huh. I was thinking exactly of this question because you're not... Are you picking my brain? No, but if I did, call me Hannibal Lecter because I'm going to put it in a little frying dish and feed it to you. That was weird. Okay. Don't know why you went there. But Why'd you go to Tasmanian Devil? Listen, we all make mistakes. Because he's cool. You're just yeah, and Hannibal Lecter's not cool. You're bringing it to a weird place. Anyway, mm. I was just thinking to myself, I don't know how many musicals I've seen because let's just keep it, you know, a hundred percent honest right now. Um, I haven't seen that many. With I, me I on have, the town, I have not across the universe, singing in the rain, um, Marky Horror, and that's it. Those are the only ones you've watched with me. I don't know if that's true. There may be more. I'm going to check during the next break. Um, so I'd have to say, because I think Moulin Rouge is in there. Oh, um, yes. Good one. I'd have to say, from what I have seen, it's probably my second favorite. You hate Across the Universe, don't you? Where, how does that come up right Because now? you're smiling, and I know. I know that's the one you don't like. It's definitely below On the Town. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you know what? That's fine, because I'm not trying to make you watch things that you'll completely hate. But, um, so what, uh, if you were to say a standout moment from this movie and a moment that you were just like, oh, wow, that was painful. You're, oh, boy, where well, you have a meeting to beat it. You got a little alarm going off. You busy. All right. Um, so if you had to pick one standout moment and one kind of lesser moment in this movie, what would you say was the thing that made it a... Like, you have this rating system. What boosted it in your ratings, and then what plummeted it back down in the ratings? I thought that the acting was really great um, all around. I mean, typically, sometimes you see that, you know, sometimes you'll have, like, certain movies where you just feel like, oh, well, maybe, like, one or two people are really good, and then everyone else is kind of mediocre. But I felt like there's, like, honestly, there's, like, six main stars in this movie. Yeah. And I felt like all six of them were good actors and actresses. So I felt like that was a definite plus. And I may or may not be a little bit, like, picky when I, when I say someone's a good actor. So when I think someone's a good actor, I really mean it. I'm not just, you know, kind of saying it casually. Yeah. But what I thought took away from it, and this is just like a style thing, is obviously I'm no one you should listen to when it comes to musical theater, but I felt like some of the performances ran a little bit long. Um, just the numbers? I, yeah, the individual numbers, especially when they were, like when some of the numbers would get into their tap dancing routines. Mm. I felt like 
you could have probably trimmed a minute off of all of them and they would have been better. I just felt like they were kind of just a little too exaggerated. Like I was going through them and I was like, this is really enjoyable. This is really like good. I can tell that this is just like really well done. Like these people are very talented, but this was just a little too long. Like this should have been trimmed up and I felt like it probably would have been a better experience. Definitely, definitely. Well, and that's, you know, a lot of these shows are kind of just a catalyst for great singing and dancing, right? You know, the the point is to get to a point where we are doing a number where it makes enough sense for us to break out into an extravagant dance number. And, you know, I feel like that's kind of lost a bit on musicals these days. While there are still dance breaks and dances incorporated, it's not so much we were just having a normal conversation and now we're doing a tap dancing number. And tap dancing especially isn't as popular anymore. You know, you saw a little resurgence with La La Land and people really liked that, but it was very subtle tap dancing. It wasn't as obvious as what these folks are doing. And I personally, I just love tap dancing. So sometimes those, I think, for me, it's interesting that you dislike those moments because for me, those are the moments that heighten these shows is that there is such beautiful artistry of dancing in these um, numbers. Because it's like, for me, I'm like, okay, the story's kind of lame. But, oh, that... That one number where they are doing the dream ballet, which this is a new concept for you. You were, I, we were watching it and there's a dream ballet in this one where, you know, uh, it's similar to an American in Paris where it kind of just fades off and then you, they kind of recap the whole story with a ballet and it's just dancing, no singing whatsoever. And we got done with it and Lemongrass was like, huh, okay, that was weird. <laughs> I'm just so used to stories being completely oriented around the plot moving forward right i'm like what is so like when that happened i was like how did that impact the story you know but like that's just me i'm just i'm always like story oriented versus like this was just it's just a performance piece it wasn't there for the story it was there just to you know just to be a performance and that's not something that i'm used to as a person who watches things so that's just a little bit different for me i will say though that i felt like you know, there were some numbers that I felt were better than others, but I guess we'll have to talk about that after our break. We will. We'll see y'all in just a minute here. All right. What's up, everybody? We are back, and here... Rewind. Restart. Hi, everybody. What's up? We are back, and we're going to be talking some more about On the Town. And, of course, I have Lemongrass here with me, musical novice, um, and he is going to be talking a little bit more about what he liked and didn't like from the movie. Uh, So, I actually was curious, since musicals, often these musicals lack a little bit in through plot with songs, I wanted to know from you, which songs did you really like, and which song did you think, wow, this is completely stupid, please can we move forward? Oh, man. Well, I liked the very opening song, the New York, New York. And the whole time, I was expecting that to actually be Frank Sinatra's, like, you know, cover that he did of, no, you know, New York. But I found out much later that that actually came out in the 70s. This was, like, 30 years later. That is, uh, was made for a musical called New York, New York. So, a little bit different, but understandably confusing when they're saying New York, New York. (laughs) 
I was on the right path, guys. <laughs> I was hey, on Frank Sinatra the right was involved, path. so you you had a good reason to believe that. So you like New York, New York. That's kind of like the icon song of this musical. It's the one that the most people can pull out if you say, "Oh, on the town," people will know that that's a song from the show. It's catchy. Um, it is. Yeah. Uh, actually, I mean, I had this for later, but one of my trivia, they had to change part of the lyrics for this song because it was not appropriate for cinematic TV. Which was? Instead of, um, in, this, in the movie, it's New York, New York, a wonderful town. Um, it's a wonderful town. In the actual lyrics, they say hell of a. And we couldn't say hell of a town. On TV, on the big screen, so they um, deemed that inappropriate and took it out and changed it to wonderful. How far we've come. I know, right? Meanwhile, grab them by the pussy. Meanwhile. But we don't get political here. Um, <laughs> anyways, don't you point at me. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what about a song you did not like that you thought was super silly, dumb, and or so unnecessary? I don't know about silly or dumb or unnecessary, but like... I think, not so much the song, but that performance you were talking about before, the one that... Dream Valley. That just kind of came out of nowhere. I felt like that was just so, like, you know, for someone like me who just, like, is, like, plot-oriented, I was just like, that just felt so out of left field that I just Mm -hmm. didn't know what to do with it. Like, I don't even, like, it just, it didn't make any sense to me. It's just, like, he was walking, and then that happened, and then he was still walking, and they never, like, cut yeah. to it. Like, like it never had any significance. Like, it wasn't, like, maybe, like, oh, well, he fell down and hit his head. And then, like, you know, like, while he was, like, slightly unconscious, he was dreaming this. Or, like, totally. it, was just, it was totally random. It's kind of, like, it was kind of like a daydream moment, as I think what it was supposed to be. Just kind of a quick reminisce. Um, but there's a moment like this in American in Paris, too. And um, it is insane. There's another dream ballet, which is, it's the same situation, the same formula. They basically just recap the story, but with really amazing ballet dancers. And the American in Paris one, it was one of the largest ever choreographed dances to be filmed and put on a movie, like on the big screen. And Gene Kelly actually did the choreography for an American Paris. He was like, taking so much of the different jobs in that movie. It's insane, which we haven't watched American in Paris yet. And I think that's a lot of the reason why it did win the Academy Awards, because that dance sequence was so extravagant. This dance sequence, not as extravagant. I think it's kind of... And Oklahoma has a similar thing with the little ballet. It was kind of a way for uh, writers to try to still incorporate the really talented dancers and have them be ensemble members but then they get their moment to shine in the dream ballets and like you know I think it's just not far removed from uh, operas and ballets and stuff where people really are just going to see a remarkable talent in their craft of either singing or dancing so that's kind of where the uh, I think it would come from but it's it is disconnecting and strange as I know the first time I watched one I was like okay so we just needed a recap on the whole story. That was weird. Um, very much a strange thing. But it's kind of a, just one of those things you just accept when you are a lover of musical theater. Yeah, no, I can understand that. I know that, that you know, for instance, these are very different ideas. But I know that whenever I'm watching an action movie, um, you know, like some people get really bored 
about like long fight scenes because they're just totally. like, oh, okay, you know, I've had a couple minutes of this. Let's get back to the rest of the story. But like for me, like I could watch a twenty minute fight scene and be completely like fine. Like it wouldn't yeah. even phase me. Like when I've seen like, you know, certain movies that'll have like twenty twenty five minute fight scenes. Like oh my god, that was going on forever. I'm the exact opposite. I'm like, what are yeah. you talking about? That was fantastic. Like make that keep going. So I can understand it. It's just. It's not my tea, but I can understand why someone else would drink it. Wow, look at you, all tea, all shade. Love it. Um, I will take a moment. What's your favorite and least favorite moments? Oh, thank you for asking, Lemongrass. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I, you're not the host of this episode. It's fine. Um, but I don't want to leave this podcast without talking about, first off, one of my favorite dancing moments is actually in the Dream Ballet I was rewatching it. I was I was trying to pick it apart because I know these things are kind of, you know, it's like oh, is it necessary? But I think that the dance that Gene Kelly and um, friggin', ah, see, I never remember her name. Um, the girl Ivy, the who plays Ivy, she um, their dance on the bar, like the ballet bar, is just such a beautifully intricate, like, very acrobatic dance, like the strength that. They were making it look so graceful. And that's the thing that I love about Gene Kelly is he makes his dancing look so grateful. Oh, Vera Ellen, that's her name. Um, So, yeah, it was just like it was very graceful. It was very strong. The lines are just interesting. And it's it's something that you maybe that I've never seen before, the dancing on the bar like that. And I think it was kind of a very uh, unique and new type of thing to see. Uh, other than that, though, I think you you cannot go away from this without giving a shout out to a girl, Miss uh, Hetty, because um, uh, she is just hilarious. Yeah, she's the real MVP. Hildy, not Hetty. I was like Hetty, that's not right. Um, Hildy is incredible. She's so funny. Um, her name's Betty Garrett, and she has you know the song "Come Up to My Place," and he's like I said da 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 da. The Hippodrome! And it's just, it's such a fun, funny song. And also very unique filming. Because there weren't a lot of shows that actually did, you know, do the filming in the car. That was kind of a new thing. So, um, they were driving. You can tell because you can see all the space between Frank Sinatra and where presumably the camera is in the front. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not a real car. But it's really cool. What did you think of that up to my place? And just the general character of... Uh, Hildy being so brash and, you know. She's my favorite character in the movie. She's great, right? First of all, I just liked her attitude because I was thinking to myself, like, that's how I would probably be acting in these situations. It's not like with the whole, like, let me bring you up to my apartment kind of stuff. But like, yeah, the yeah, whole, ho, we get it. But like the whole <laughs> movie, like, she's always like the, the voice of reason in these situations. Totally. And she's always just like, kind of like, you know, just like really just like, well... This is what needs to happen right now. Like, when she had, like, her roommate trying to get in her way, uh-huh. she was just like, listen, you're going to go out now, and I'm going to, you know, just, like, right? get, the, get the hell out of my house. And I totally She's a New that. Yorker. She's an East Coaster. Yeah. She got that attitude. Yeah. I I was feeling her performance. I was definitely on board with it. She's the best character in the movie. Hands down. I love her. And I think that, I think that, you know, it's, it's you know, uh, Gene Kelly and Ivy, they have their moment, and they get to have their more in-depth, cute moment, and, you know, Hildy's so funny, and Frank Sinatra gets his lovely, beautiful song of, you're awful, awful, da-da-da-dum, awful something-something, 
It's and it's like the cute little play on words things. So they all get their moments. It's uh, kind of just sucks for the two actors that played, um, what are their names, Ozzy and I can't ever even remember his name because they just don't really get a moment. Like they have one song. Um, okay, Jules Moonshin and Ann Miller. Yes. So they get one song, and yes, Ann Miller gets a fabulous dance break, and she's amazing in it, but it's kind of just a throwaway song, in my opinion. I don't really care for that song very much, the uh, anthropological man or whatever the hell it's called. It's only a throwaway song for you, my friend. Listen, at the end of the day, if someone's like, listen, we're putting you in a Gene Kelly movie, and you're going to have your own like number okay you're not gonna have a whole lot of screen time but you're getting your own number do you want the deal and of course that person's gonna sign on the dotted line because at the end of the day if you put gene kelly and frank Sinatra in a movie how much screen time do you think you're getting yeah this is true i mean he was doing the best he could i mean that's all you're getting you know yeah i mean they had to have somebody be the goofy you know the the of the three stooges who would he be? Larry, um, Curly, or Mo? You not you not a Stooges fan? No, I'm not. You don't. I don't. I mean, I know who they are, but I didn't watch the show. All I'm trying to say is, like, if I was an aspiring actor or even a prominent actor, and someone said, "Hey, I'm going to put you in this movie with these people," I'd be like, "Listen, I don't care if I only say three lines." But if I got to be in a movie with Gene Kelly, I don't care what it would be. I just, I'll just give him water. I'll make sure his pants are fitting well, um, which they were. Woof! But we'll give it back a little bit more to the fitting of the pants, because I have some fun uh, trivia about that in just a minute here during our final segment, where we will be going over some fun trivia and doing a wrap-up in rating. All right, everybody, welcome to the break, the coolest break room you've ever been to. We have a jacuzzi, there's a fountain... Definitely some cookies, um, and a Keurig. Uh, it's great. Keurig. Keur- I can't remember how to say the word. It's German. Um, <laughs> oh, bless you. Don't worry, not the Rona. Just, um, pepper. Thank you. We have pepper everywhere. Um, so, we're doing a little, uh, segment we like to call it. It's, it's a great segment. It's well-known, well-versed. It's a household name at this point. Getting to know your... Host. Woo! And today, yes, stop playing with that paintbrush. You're terrible. Um, stop it. I will bite you right in your nose. Um, inside of it, in fact. Uh, so yes, I have prepared, I have not prepared, I have prepared some questions here for Lemongrass, and I am going to ask them upon to you. Are you prepared? I'm as prepared as Scar was. Wow. Well, that's the end of the segment. Thanks. You messed up, man. Um, okay. What? That was his whole thing, was be prepared. I know! Now you got me thinking about Mufasa being dead. Okay. In your opinion, what's the saddest ever death portrayed on cinematic screen? The saddest death ever? Yes. You would have just pulled that out of the yeah, top of my head. Yeah, pull it right out of your head since you brought it up. The saddest death ever cinematically. Man, there's no way I can pull that out in like 10 seconds. All right, I'll give you a second to think about it. While you're thinking about that, I want you to tell me that if you were to acquire any of these skills that, you know, since we're on the topic of musicals, which would you acquire? Would you rather be a singer, actor, or a dancer if you could magically have any one of these three skills? 
uh, singer. And I don't know what the saddest death in cinema history is because there's just no way I could possibly... What's the first one that comes to mind? Top three. Let me answer the question. Sorry! There's no way I can pull this out really quickly. However, what I will say is that the death scene in Fried Green Tomatoes was pretty... was pretty hurtful. Which one? What? In Fried Green Tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Right off the bat there. Right off the bat, it was like towards the end of the movie. Oh, I'm talking about when you got hit by the train. No, I was talking about when she died. Oh. Cancer. Yeah. Yeah. But she lived a really long life. The kid got hit by a train. Which one's sadder? I mean, cancer kills you slowly. A train! (laughs) Trapped by the foot. Obliterated. Cleaned out. Swiped into the dirt. You asked me. Dead. You asked me. Okay, okay. It's still it's still good. You brought up a good movie for that because we also have a man cooked into pies, stew, or whatever, or just straight up meat on a plate. I can't remember how they served it. Anyways, um, I want you to elaborate a little bit more on the singer thing. Why would you pick singer? Well, not gonna lie. I'm definitely one of those people who likes to sing in their car really awkwardly, you know, uncomfortably. Uh, It doesn't sound good whatsoever, but I do enjoy it. Uh, So it'd be nice to one day be actually be able to sing and be like, oh, wow, I actually can do this. But that's not going to happen. So I think anybody can sing and I think you have a lovely voice. uh, That's incorrect. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The final question, and perhaps the most important question. Who do you find more attractive, Gene Kelly or Frank Sinatra? Neither. <sighs> Fine. Which of the three girls in the movie did you find most attractive? Hildy, obviously. Really? Even though she's maybe not... I wouldn't say she's stereotypically the most physically attractive of the three girls. Personality rules all. At the oh. end of every single day. You may not be the most physically dominant person as far as like your figure or what you are naturally gifted in whether it's you know like upper body or lower body what have you tits and ass however at the end of the day i have always said this and i will always say this going forward is that personality is way more attractive than anything physically on your body it won't fade away it won't. Honestly, I really mean that. That's not just some like some, just me just saying that. Like, He's a nice guy. At the end of the day, I'm like, if you have a nasty personality but you have a gorgeous body, I would have no attraction to you. At the same time, if you didn't have really that nice of a body but you had an amazing personality, I'd be attracted. There you have it, folks. Lemongrass Penny Whistle is a true gentleman. No, I'm not. I just. I just believe. Nah, he's a dog. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm in the middle. I'm somewhere nah, in the middle. he's a dog. I'm like, you know, I'm just an average. I'm like a C plus student, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nothing spectacular, but you'll live. <laughs> all right. Well, unlike being nothing spectacular, that segment was spectacular. And that's a great segue for us to get back to talking to On the Town. Okie 
dokie, here we are with our third and final segment of our little cute little review of On the Town. And Lemongrass, I got a couple little treats for you. Who said it was cute? Our review's very cute. Is it? Obviously. Have you seen it? It's got a bow tie. I made a picture. There's a rendering. I'll, I'll show you later. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a cute-ass review. Just trust me, okay? Okay. Um, so I got some cute little trivia for you. Um, also cute. So why don't you just sit back and react to these little tidbits I found. Nuggets. Nuggets. Little nugs. All right. So Ann Miller, our girl who we were talking about who maybe didn't have that much screen time, apparently she actually crashed that dinosaur exhibit while they were filming, so it had to be completely rebuilt. Which is, uh, you know, not a great thing to do when you're uh, trying to get a movie made. You know what? It makes it more memorable. You remember that one time where we actually did destroy that set? Like we did, yeah. like we did the movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so this is kind of one of the coolest things about On the Town. And I'm sure you could tell, since you are from the East Coast and you have been to New York, this is one of the first ever on-location musicals. They did five days total of filming in New York, so I think, I'm not sure which show it was that we were watching, and you know, obviously it wasn't all filmed in New York, but you were talking, oh my gosh, and you are saying, this is just so obviously a studio set, you know? No, you're thinking of a different movie. I know, I'm not saying you were talking about On the Town, but I remember we were watching a movie and you were complaining about how the set was so clearly a studio set. Well, yes. Well, in this one, you can't complain at all, because we get a lot of authentic shots of actual New York. I saw that. And how did you feel about that? I, it's not, it doesn't seem revolutionary to, revolutionary to us now, but back in the 40s, to take all of your actors who lived and worked at MGM and, you know, in L.A., and to film them and fly them all over to New York to make this very authentic. It felt appropriate, you know, and it's a good thing that they did that. Obviously, it was a trend that continued after that. Um, I appreciate that. I feel like practical effects beat stages and props and, you know, kind of like just trying to like create these these scenes that aren't really there. I mm-hmm. always will take the actual thing at the end of the day. You know, that that air of realism. Totally. Totally. Yes. Don't and it is well done, you know. They have some overhead shots, which are were not easy to do. They don't just have drones, you know. They they really were cinematically uh, pushing the envelope. Listen, I'm still trying to get used to the idea of drones. Let's not speak their name, okay? Drones are weird. Voldemort. Drones are weird, okay? <laughs> drones like... freak me out. We can all agree with that. I do not ever want a freaking drone to deliver something to my doorstep. I will shoot it with my gun I don't have. Listen, Let's every time that I see drones about, you know, like, anymore, all I can think about is, like, Terminator. I'm just like, that's Skynet right there. <laughs> this reference is lost on you, I understand. It's okay. I, I get the gist. Skynet. Um, so, we have Miss Turnstiles was the competition that our lovely Ivy was the winner of. And apparently, this actually was a real contest in New York. It was a contest called Miss Subway, and it happened from 1941 to 1976. And I guess they just literally just found pretty girls on the subway and put their posters up all over the subway, which is weird. And also, like, were the subways not as gross back then and nasty? And, like, do you really want your picture hung up in the subway? I mean, come on, right? No. 
I mean, I, I guess. It depends on how bad you want that fame. I mean... How bad do you think the subway used to be? Do you think it used to be not as gross as it is now? You know, to be fair, I've only been to New York a few times, and I think it's one of those things where once you're just used to the subway, you're just used to the subway. Yeah. You know? Like, you're just like, you know what? It's the subway. I mean, it's going to be gross. Like, we... It's nasty, It's man. established. You know, that's we're here. Let's just get it over with. Yeah... It's gross. Not my favorite part of uh, going to New York, but you gotta live with it. So this is, um, let's see here, bloop, 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 I already told you about the hell of a thing. So this is a really fun one. So the actor who played one of the cops in that car chase scene and everything was actually the same actor that played the cop in Singing in the Ring when he busts Gene Kelly for, um, I don't know, just walks up on Gene Kelly walking in the rain, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, isn't that cute? That is kind of weird. I. It's like a uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like a hidden thing. Easter it's egg. A little Easter egg, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, it's, it's I guess Singing in the Rain took place in L.A., so maybe he just had a big job change. Who knows? <laughs> but I mean, if you can like sneak into That's a, like the story we need to another know. movie, why wouldn't you? you right. Could, it's almost like. You know, like, maybe, for all we know, he was in other Gene he's Kelly movies. He's probably Gene Kelly's bud. Like, he's maybe probably like, he oh, I like, like that guy. He makes a great cop. He's like the Stan Lee of Gene Kelly movies. Who knows? That's what I'm saying. They were doing MCU, they were doing cinematic universes before it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, old school stuff. Um, yeah, and the last one, and which I think is the funnest one. Um, I had mentioned the fit of Gene Kelly's pants earlier, and it is a famous fit. Let's be fair. He has a great great butt. It is just tight and mm, and dancing and don't you agree? Nah. Radio <laughs> silence. It's okay. You're very straight. We understand. But, you know, they didn't want the other guys to feel left out in the um, tight pants-ness. So apparently they made Frank Sinatra wear a butt prosthetic and he was really insecure about it. Because he's really th- he was really thin. He's real thin. No butt. Real thin. Real thin. Frank Sinatra is tiny. Have you seen this guy? He's like... So he had no back. No, baby got no back. Mm. (laughs) Mm -mm. How do you feel about that? Did you notice was a good prosthetic? I did not notice because, believe it or not, I'm not checking out dudes' butts. You know, I never noticed. And then I wrote down these trivias and when we were watching, I was... um, you know, doing research. So where did you get your um, trivia from? IMDb. Okay. Yeah, I see you scrolling over there on IMDb. Look, it's not like I'm a great research artist. I have an arts degree. So get off. Lay off me, all right? I, was I, do. Trying I did to, a little preparation. I was trying I wrote to just... them down a, on a separate sheet of paper. I just wanted to add. You know, I was trying to find... You know, I was trying to find my way. You know, I was trying to go the distance. Why are you gonna put a Hercules reference into every episode we do from now until ever? Um, I mean, it's not a challenge. Possibly, you know, I'm on a roll. <sighs> Boy, well, that's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got butt prosthetics. We got aggressive sexual women. We got all sorts of fun dancing and tapping and singing and just rioting and looting and hollering. Um, I don't think they looted. But I was trying to finish the sentence. It's okay. Uh, So, overall, when you get to the end of this, what rating did you give this movie, and why did you give it the rating you did? 
Are we giving your ratings out of five or out of ten? Out of ten, always, ding, ding. Hey. Silly buns, come on. Uh, I call my guests silly buns because that's a professional thing to do. Well, yeah, especially when, you know, you just got done talking about a bunch of other people's buns. You got to just keep it on brand. Got to keep with the, the assets. I am going to give On the Town a 6 out of 10. Was that your official IMDb rating? Yes. Show me. <laughs> Why did you give it a 6 out of 10? Um, so for those who don't know, uh, that may sound like a low number for some of you. Um, I have a really strange, uh, rating system when it comes to rating things one out of 10. I have never given a movie a 10 before. I'm just going to start off by saying that. So it's a one out of nine, really. A perfect movie will come along at some point, but until it does, I can't just be giving out tens all willy nilly. Okay. Just let me give out tens. I have also never given out a one. So we're talking really a two to nine scale. And on a two to nine scale, a six is, you know, fairly good. It's right there in the middle. I have it broken down here, okay? We're just, we're going to dive deep, okay? You didn't oh ask. Oh, boy. You didn't ask for this. But, I didn't. I just want an explanation. And you're getting one, okay? So here it is. You read off to the people my IMDb ranking system. If it's a one, you absolutely hated it, which has never happened. A two is terrible. A three, you don't like. A four is meh. A five is okay. Six, okay, so it's a six, so that means that you did like it. Yes. That is the threshold that we're dealing with. It is the lowest of the movies that were better than okay. Yes. Uh, seven, you really liked it. Eight, loved it. Nine, a classic. Ten, perfect. Yes. So, okay, you know what? I'll take that because you you don't really, you're not really fond of musicals much. I think you gave Rocky like a four. Some I don't know. But listen, here's the point is that I love superhero movies, okay? We all know this. You listen to this podcast. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you did. Maybe you will now. Anyway, I gave Iron Man a six. Okay. Okay, so like, let's be fair. Is here. Iron Man that good of a movie though? Hell yeah, Iron Man's that good of a movie. Are you high? Not yet. I could be. I should. Anyway, yes. So a six out of ten is what I gave the movie. Um, I did like this movie. There were times where I felt like I wanted to give it a higher rating. But at the end of the day, I'm just the kind of person where I am just, I'm a, I don't know. I wouldn't say that I just feel like I have to have plot in order to like a movie, but I feel like it's really integral for me so that was like the lack of plot in certain areas was kind of tearing what's kind of like taking this movie down a little bit of a notch yeah also to be fair like while the acting and some of the performances were really good the underlying story behind this musical it would not be made today it was whack yeah. Okay. It's basically just it's a three bunch dudes of, trying to get laid. A bunch of horny dudes trying to get laid, and they find three women who are just incredibly willing to, well, two of them are just incredibly willing just to give it up the moment they meet these dudes. And yeah. the third chick is like, uh, no, uh, no, uh, no, uh, no, uh, no, oh, well, I like, guess. I also dislike her whole, like, oh, I'm going to pretend to be uppity and well off and. I just I didn't like, like the fact that she said no like 10 times and the dude was like, well, even though you said no 10 times, I'm going to ask the 11th time. Like if that was put into yeah. today's world, that'd be considered what? Um, creepy, cringy. 
But it's Gene Kelly, so he can get away with it. Borderline sexual harassment. Def- not even borderline. Ooh. It was sexual mm-hmm. harassment. He literally grabbed a poster of her and stalked her around town until he found where she was. And it's just like, hi, I found your poster. I like you. I think you're pretty. Want to go on a date? That is creepy as fuck. We're yeah. not going to... I'm not denying all I'm, that. All I'm trying to say is, like, there's a weird threshold with people. It's like, it's like there's, like, things that are considered stalkerish. And there's things that are considered, like, to be kind and considerate. And the only differentiation between the two things is whether or not the person finds you physically attractive. Totally. But they're the exact same things. Because you put an ugly dude doing the exact same things, and guess what? He's in jail tonight. You know what? (laughs) And I honestly, I can't say anything bad about your rating, because I gave it the same rating. I gave it a six. Now, to be fair, my rating system is a little more lenient than yours. So actually, if you wanted to schematically put through the ringer, I actually probably gave mine a lower rating than yours because I give way more stuff, sevens and eights and nines, and I actually do have a 10 on my list. So I am a little more liberal with giving away higher ratings. So the fact that we both said six on this is actually... Who's your 10? Pretty interesting. Princess Mononoke, that movie is flawless. Oh, that's your only 10? Yeah. Ooh. That is my only ten of as of right now. That um, movie is amazing. Smelling another podcast idea. Anyway, moving on. You've already seen that though. Uh, I just, we'll we'll talk later. Anyway, moving on. This is this is shop talk, is what the boys call it. Shop talk. Shop talk, right? Locker room talk. No, you're thinking of and no, we're not going there. Next topic. <laughs> Uh, that's it. That is our topic. So I guess we're going to give it a little wrap up here. We'll see in the outro. Don't go away. And then next week we will have lemongrass, uh, put me through something. I think it might be. We'll tell you about it. On a break. You might already know about it. Podcasting is hard guys. Okay. (laughs) You'll find out one way or the other. Check back with us. You'll figure it out. That's our show for today. Thanks for tuning in to Flip It and Reverse It. My name is Jasmine. You can find me on Instagram at the real Jasmine Sherman and keep up to date on my life. You can also follow us at Flip It and Reverse It on Instagram. Where can they find you, Lemongrass? You can find me on Instagram at the Ask Why Not page. That's ask underscore why underscore not. Uh, we don't post anything really that incredible, but come check us out anyway. Well, I live in the land of positivity, and I think your posts are very, very funny. But, you know, the most important thing we got to tell you is that if you like our podcast, please go over to wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to us so that you get blipped up when we release a new episode. We want to ding you up. We want to be a little notification on your phone screen in the morning that you either respond to or forget about. doesn't matter. We want to blip you. So please subscribe. Please give us a five-star rating because four-star ratings are for people who don't like ice cream. Like, who are they? Nobody is that. So don't be that person. Um, Unless you're lactose intolerant. You can still have lactose intolerant ice cream. Anyways, that's all we really need to know is that you need to give us some love um, because we love you. And, yeah, what's your final thought of the day there, Lemongrass? Final thought of the day is that as we are all coming to this new chapter post uh, shelter in place for most of us here in the country. Uh, Just don't forget that some people 
are really excited to be back out in the world and some people are not excited to be back out of the world. So whichever, you know, side of the spectrum you fall on, let's just all try to be very nice to one another and really respectful of one another and just do our best to slowly integrate back into our normal lives. And hopefully this will be a really quick transition back into normalcy. But if it's not, then let's just all be nice to one another until we do get back to our normal lives. I love it. Well, that has been our episode today. And thank you so much for joining us, everybody. We will see you all next time.